to Star Trek Discovery Pod. Greetings. Welcome. We are a sometimes funny, trying to be smart podcast covering all things new and classic Trek. I am your ready for a cookie, Captain Mariah Gossett. The screen we have. Clyde Haynes live from Comic-Con. And, uh, and simply rivalry, uh, Paul Satachi. Our beloved Paul holding it down for us. Holding uh, it down. That, that's what I do. Yes, you are doing the Lord's work for us today. We are covering the sixth episode of season two of Strange New Worlds, um, as well as a couple of updates from here at Comic-Con. Um, the episode today is Lost in Translation, which is directed by Dan Liu and written by Onitro Johnson and David Reed. But first, just a couple of reminders, and we'll just say up top, Clyde and I are recording this live. I'm literally out on a street corner right now, just hustling some Star Trek stuff. <laughs> and I am, I am live in the Energize Lounge right here in San Diego, surrounded by incredible Star Trek fans. It's it's amazing. I mean, there is cosplay, there is stuff. You'll see pictures. Mariah and I will post pictures, but it's amazing. So not the most ideal settings, but an amazing setting nonetheless. And I and, am being responsible and recording yes. from the, you know, the quietude of my home that is nowhere near Comic-Con and a little <laughs> full of sorrow, full of sorrow, the same way George Kirk is <laughs> full of sorrow about James Kirk's success. Anyway. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can find links to everything. Um, our show at Star Trek Co. Um, Paul, can you tell folks how else they can support the podcast? Uh, yeah, you guys could uh, subscribe to Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. Uh, as I said, all links are at Star Trek Co. And if you guys love our content and want to support us on Patreon for just $2 per episode, consider that at patreon.com slash Star Trek Pod. And Clyde, how can people engage in the chat with us today? Well, if you're here in San Diego, stop by, ask us a question, we'll answer it live. But if you happen not to be in San Diego, then just type capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in your chat, and we will answer your question live right here on the pod. Indeed. Okay, so a couple of updates. A lot of the big Star Trek stuff is um, happening later this weekend. We're gonna, I'm going to try my best to get into Hall H. TBD if that shall happen um, today. Uh, today, Clyde and I had our panel talking about our top 10 episodes we think it takes to get someone into Star Trek. Um, so we will be publishing those lists on our social media channels. And I think we'll do a couple of episodes because we want to get Paul's list as well. So Paul, start start pondering because I think this shall be an episode uh, we will be doing in the well, future. Wait, so so, so I, I'm allowed to say like, you know, uh, Beverly in the space, you know, in the in the ghost. You can say whatever hey, you want. It's your top 10 list. Spoiler alert. Someone on our panel actually chose the Peanut Hamper episode as oh. one of their favorite the top 10 Star Trek episodes. It, it was totally yep. not us. We did not pick the Peanut Hamper episode, but Peanut Hamper did make an appearance at our panel. So it would not be our a panel with us without that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're definitely going to share that, but I think it might be time for us to accidentally punch a first officer into, uh, in the face perhaps and get into some. Oh, 
course, it's time for some hot freaks. Um, Paul, what did you think about this episode? I thought it was uh, I thought it was fun. I thought it uh, there was a part of me that goes like, oh, you know what this kind of reminds me of? It reminds me of TNG, where like like around season four or five, they just went on like individual character adventures, and this was definitely a Ohora adventure. And it's like like when you know when I look into that context, I go like, okay. Uh, you know, like I right now I'm missing like a an adventure episode, like something with a lot of like, you know, like a Gorn fighting episode, like, you know, so, something that requires ships and, and Pike to go fire photons. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm wanting that right now, but I feel like this episode was like as a, as a character episode, it had some great moments. It had some like fan service that I, I thought was like great. And I, I love, you know, there's a word in uh german which i don't know i because i have it off the dome but like it's basically having a punchable face and i think the current kirk has a punchable face because <laughs> uh, I, I, I was going like oh you know yeah yeah there you go <laughs> just justice for george cork justice for george george kirk <laughs> justice for george kirk um oh sam kirk, all of the kirk brothers um clive what was your hot freak Look, I love this episode, and that's a lot because I'm Mariah. You know, I'm not really a horror guy, so this had definitely a, a bit of a horror take to it. Um, but you, Mariah, you were here when I was watching the episode. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. I really enjoyed um, everything, the action, the review. I thought it was a great episode for a horror. Um, I mean, and by the end of the episode, I was thinking, hmm, you know. This guy is still not necessarily my Kirk, but I like him. I would love it if he was his own separate character. And I'm kind of feeling the whole Kirk, you know, Jim Lon kind of romance. I can feel that. But um, yeah, I dug this episode. I thought it was really interesting. And in, in perfect Star Trek fashion, you've got you're doing something that you think is is harmless. And yet it, there it is. It's terrorizing a whole race and you got to do the right thing. So I, uh, I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, same. I actually, I was like, oh, I think they wrote this for me. Um, you had zombies, you had horror elements. Um, it's a mystery adventure with Ahura. And and I, I, I'm probably, he's really growing on me. I'm, I'm enjoying this Kirk. I don't know if he is my Kirk yet, but I am, I'm, I have to say, I think Wesley gave a really incredible um, performance in this episode. Sorry, a pedicab just went by. Um, <laughs> so there's a bunch of loud music, but um yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think uh, Celia gave an incredible, incredible performance this episode, and uh, I'm really excited to rewatch it. Yeah, I had a I had a great time. I really enjoyed it. Um, I wanted to dive in. Well, first, I wanted to point out. So, in this particular episode, they go over to the Bassard Nebula, um, which or they go to extract Bassard in the Banner Nebula, which is actually named after Melissa Navia, who plays Ortegas. Um, it's named after her husband, who unfortunately passed away in December of 2021. So I thought that was a really sweet way for them to honor his memory. Um, I feel like Trek does a really great job of finding subtle ways to sort of like call these moments out and find ways to to kind of say put these you. things together. Huh? Say thank you to, to everyone yeah. involved. Say thank you. It's very sweet. Yeah. It's... um. It's lovely. Um, sorry, I'm going to turn up my headphone volume so I can hear you guys over the traffic. Um, I wanted to also ask you guys, so starting out, what did you think of that spa apple scene? 
with their little uh, Schrodinger's cat metaphor about their relationship. What are y'all feeling about this Bakken Chapel situation right now? Well, I'll jump in and say I thought it was rich with double entendre. Um, you had this, I thought it was sweet and subtle, um, but also nuanced. Um, you know, and you've got two people who seemingly are just playing chess with a bit of a kind of a grin, but it's so much more meaningful. Um, everything from the way he's playing and the way he's talking to her and the way she's responding into uh, the fact that when Uhura comes over, Jim says, you know, you distracted your friend, right? Like he was, he was like, two moves away from winning and then you distracted him now as he's in trouble. I thought that too was this great metaphor of how really for Spock, he's in it, he's focused, he's logical, but this idea of love can get him distracted. So I was like, hmm, interesting foreshadowing, but I kind of really liked what that was saying um, overall. Like for me, like I was going like, huh, they, they, they finally, finally hook up. And then like the conversation Hey, let's keep it cash. I'm like, huh? There's some damage there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, people who do not want to commit. <laughs> I mean, it is great television, but I'm like going, like, oh, I don't know, like you know, like uh, you you've been hot and heavy for each other, like with those, you know, looks from afar, like you know, the, so many glances. Uh, oh my god! Oh, you almost died! I gotta give you CPR. You know, I got to blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, like, um, yeah, let's not tell anyone. I'm like, oh, ugh, that's that's rough. <laughs> uh, and I, I, th- I understand it's it. It's still and- so early, though. It's like, do you really want to report this relationship this early in the situation? Yeah, actually- you haven't even had a chance to really. I mean, yeah. I, I hate to say define the relationship, but you've you've basically had one interaction. Like 100 percent one interaction like even this conversation is early like you have no idea what it is well um, i'm just saying with my friend wharf like you know he hooked up with a girl once in the holodeck and he was ready to marry her that's what commitment looks like baby that was klingon style baby and uh they, they could do a gungam style but with the <laughs> but like uh. But like, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not saying it's just on Chapel's part. It's on Spock's part too. Spark, Spock is like going like, uh, I don't, I don't really know what I want, kind of thing. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting this out because there's a formality that, as like you know, as a someone who follows rules, I do. But like, it's, it's good drama. But when I look at that relationship, and maybe because I know the future, uh, unless this isn't canon, I go like it ain't gonna work out. Well, I think also any anytime you have the phrase like, well, what is this, right? Like, so Spock's like, you know, if this is something, we should report it. If it's something, I feel like that's always somebody fishing for like, well, what does this relationship mean to you? Are you on the same page? Which almost always means we're not on the same page. That's a page. good point. <laughs> and it's kind of like, it's like, well, I don't want you to know that it means to it means more to me. So let's just keep it cash when neither one of you really want to keep it cash. And so I'm like, okay, hijinks are about to ensue. So, and probably as you said, Paul, we, we know that there's not a Spock chapel wedding in the future. So we'll see how this unfolds. 
Yeah, no, it, it, it's interesting because like I, I I do look at it and go like, oh, is it because like like I I feel like I don't really relate to Klingons in general, but that said, like you know, I I from from dating my wife to getting married was four months, and I go like, am I a wharf? Am I a wharf? I think you're a wharf, Paul. It took me uh, nine years to marry my now spouse. So <laughs> <laughs> you're a chapel. <laughs> I 18 am a months, but, eighteen months. But I, but we were friends for three years before that. But different. So, so like, so, I, so maybe I, I look at that and go like, oh, maybe this is all about my baggage. <laughs> Putting some person that personal feelings on this uh, on this ship here, this yeah. relationship yeah. on the show. Projecting, um, are you, Paul? Just a little bit. Yeah, obviously. I do know. want. You go, Mara. Um, I. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I did want to, did you have anything else? Because I wanted to shift gears over to Ahura and Hemmer, who I think is the other sort of big relationship we explore in this episode, is sort of how that friendship really impacted her along with his his death and the fact that, you know, these um, beings that are living in the nebula, in the Bassard as they're collecting it, um, you know, we're using specifically these memories of her family and of Hemmer. And to me, that's really interesting that those were the two memories that were so closely linked to her sort of emotional core as a character right now. Um, and I, I, I made a comment when I was watching, I was like, Oh, I'm glad we all watch YouTube tutorials to figure out how to do something um, <laughs> that her and Hemmer sort of made for, uh, for themselves. Um, but yeah, what did y'all think of, we got a, a reprise of that character. Those were all new scenes. They weren't things we'd seen before. So I loved getting to kind of see some of this and we got a zombie version of Hemmer, which was, uh, really Bribe. creepy and, and amazing. Bribe. Oh yeah. The minute that was on screen, I was like, Oh, they made this for me. Thank before you. The, be, before the credits too. It was before the credits. Oh, Mariah is salivating. Oh, I, I, I was so, I mean, I already saw the director, um name and he's done a ton of the walking dead episodes mm -hmm. so as soon as i saw his name and then i saw that image before the credits even started i went oh thank you so so much for this <laughs> i immediately i was sitting here in the lounge watching it and i turned to mariah and i go you love this episode didn't you and she just nodded her head i was like yep i <laughs> knew it, it didn't did. take me long at all did not take <laughs> he was like i can clock this hot freak from a mile away and it hasn't <laughs> even started <laughs> yep no um I, I'll, I'll jump in and say the whole Hemmer plot to me was was borderline brilliant because really what we're talking about is we saw Hemmer pass last season and it was this this moment and then we never really talk about it again. And the thing about it is like I, I struggle with death a little bit uh, and kind of having these moments. The idea that here we are midway through the next season and this stuff is actually bubbling up makes so much sense right and not just with Ohura, but also una and that was a big thing for me because i get it like you know as great as paley is you want to befriend her she's vivacious and engaging and is is wonderful and all you're really thinking of is you're not him right that was my friend yeah. you're stepping all kind of una in this situation right yeah. And so that was interesting. And I feel like even the way you think about how we we took it, we accepted Paleo really, really quickly, even on the pod. Right. When she showed up, we were all like, I love her. She's great. She's wonderful. But what you're talking about is replacing somebody that was a dear friend to you. Right. And for 
Uhura, what we're really looking at is a mentor. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why I love Strange New World so much is that when you think about what we've seen of Uhura, we've never seen this before. We've never really seen this, this story of, of her being um, mentored and coached and that relationship. So the, the fact that this would bubble up and we kind of got a, hey, you know, I know we talked about this six, seven episodes ago, but but that's kind of how death is. It's not just like, oh, at the end of a 45 minute episode, it's over and we never think about it again. Borderline brilliant way to bring this back up. And we got to see him again. So I was all for this. I thought it was great. For me, like, I don't think I was a Hammer fan. And not because of anything the actor did, or I just think there wasn't a lot of time for him. It was only like there were two episodes, right? There was one where he broke his arm and Ahura got to hang out. Yeah, and, that's fair. And then there was uh, there was like, oh, I'm going to jump off into the, the abyss and die because I got Gorn in me episode, right? Those those were the two big ones where he had his moments. And like I feel like if this were like in season, if, if I'd seen another episode where. Uh, Hammer and Ahura really had a connection. I would have felt more here, but because I didn't, I go like, oh, okay, well, she's mourning, but it wasn't a visceral thing for me. Like, I I, I couldn't really go like, oh, I, 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 it's, you know, I go like, oh, well, you know, people die. I, I'm a little like Kirk that way, you know? Uh, like, well, which is which is interesting because it's kind of a big foreshadow, right? For how Kirk ultimately doesn't deal well with death either. Once we get to some of the sure. movies, so I think it's like interesting that he's providing counsel in this moment when there's like he's essentially not going to take his own advice in the future. So it was kind of a fun setup. I, I enjoyed some of the foreshadowing. Like, I, I think what Kirk does is like you know, very few people like people die all the time under Kirk. <laughs> Let's get that clear. That is awesome. <laughs> Red true. shirts do not make it off the planet. That's right. But, Red shirts but it's a one-way trip. <laughs> but his circle doesn't get hurt. And that's the problem. Like, you know, Kirk's circle doesn't right. get hurt. Yeah. And so I, I think, like, so it it, it, it it fits, you know, and this actually fits with something I was going to bring up. I go like, oh, uh, where I think I understand what's making me have resistance to this Kirk. And, like, in Pine, in Shatner, like, they're both on some level campy characters, you know, like pine is like sometimes you overtly like, you know, fire faded. Are, are, are they, you know, in the Kobayashi Maru, like he's and Kirk for all of it is like this stud slash goofball. Like, you know, he doesn't, he's not goofy, but like, you go like, Oh, he's the guy. Whereas like this Kirk is like playing it in a, in a, such a straight way that it, it, it knocks me out a little bit because like, he like, I agree. His performance was great. His performance was great. Like, I think he did, he, he did nothing wrong, but I could like, Oh, but this is it. This is why, you know, uh, I'm having a little issue with him because I can't get over that. You're not funny hump. See, I did find him kind of funny and charming. Cause like from the jump, that little interaction at the bar where he's mm -hmm. like, I'm not hitting of his and it's like such a Kirk way to get an interaction started for me and then I thought the cookie scene was also kind of cute I don't know he's growing on me I think uh, obviously a lot faster than he's than he is for you but I, I I enjoyed the performance and I feel like I can see I think especially in the interactions with Sam like the brother scenes were some of my favorite scenes in this episode besides sure. the ones between Kirk and Ahura because I 
I, I really believed that sibling rivalry there. And I thought it was like, I was waiting for Kirk to say, um, for James Kirk to say to Sam, you know, like, oh, I'm also really like proud of you, you know, when Sam is being like, yes, like you've earned it. You've done all these things. Look at these accolades. And then I felt like he was just waiting for his brother to be like, yeah, you've also done some really great things and it never comes. And I was like, this is such sibling shit. And I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's part of some of the best things about this is that I really do believe and see that they're brothers. And it almost feels as though they cast at Sam and then there was a chemistry read with someone. It's like, oh, will you believe that they're brothers? I do believe they're brothers. I think he, I think Wesley's doing a bang up job. Um, I love the interactions. I love how he portrayed it. Um, I really, really liked him. To Mariah's point, though, all that being said, I don't know that it felt very Kirk s to me, right? Like, and that's where I'm balanced. Like, great actor, wonderful performance, loved everything he did. But is it Kirk, right? If you had named him, you know, Jim, you know, Evans, right? Like, and he was Lieutenant Commander Jim Evans. I was like, that works. That he's a great character. I like him. I want to know more about him, right? That's my only hiccup. Um, but I did really like every time they were on scene and their dynamics and things they were talking about. I was like, yep, I'm in it. I'm I'm leaned in. It's it's all of that, I, you know. But I wonder if I'm gonna get there. Right. So I'm, I'm allowing myself to be in the process and we'll see if I get there. That's fair. Um, I want to jump over to sort of the B plot. So we have Una and Pelia hanging out on this star base, the, the gas station in space, as they call it, um, trying to work on these repairs. And we sort of get into the nitty gritty of their relationship. And I think, you know, Una is a bit of a stand in, I think, for viewers in some ways where it's like, oh, you know, like I miss this character, you know, for some people at least. And then. You know, I thought it was the grade thing was hilarious. The fact that Una got a C on something so funny to me. Um, but I really enjoyed kind of seeing these two. They're two really phenomenal actors in. I mean, in this show and outside of the show. So it was just really fun to watch them interact in that like polar opposite chemistry that the two of them had. I really enjoyed watching their scenes. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of Space Hippie. I'm a big fan of Una. Like, you know. Oh my gosh, Space Hippie. Such a great line. Yeah, no, like, how, 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 when did you even have time to eat? Perfect straight man line. <laughs> well, I think the other the other thing I loved here about Paley in general is that she she breaks concept, right? Like, you know, she's looking at Una. And so, you know, the way she treats Una and the way she responds to Hemmer. I think was incredible. She looks at Una and is like, you gave, you got a C. You deserve that C. Like, it, we think of Una as being incredible, almost near perfect. And she was like, you're not. And then she goes, Hemmer, one of my best students. And then she goes, eh, I'm just saying that because he died. He was okay. Was like, that was so good. That was so, so good. So great. I was like, was oh, so cut that. it. Such, uh, a, like, such a great character line. Yeah, and it's, it's one of those things that I felt like, not only did it it ring true, but it makes me like her so much more as a character. And I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm really in. Just don't, don't, let's not keep killing engineers at the end of every season. So don't do that. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm loving, I, I love the realness of that, of what she brought to the table. Like, I, I think what she does really well is she breaks through the illusion, right? She's a truth teller. Like she, she goes like, 
hey, 100%. this is all bullshit, by the way. You know, this is it's all you know, like don't get don't get caught up in this. Like I've been around since the Stone Ages or or whatever how long he's been around. Like it's it, 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 like you know, it's it all comes and goes. Just just calm down. I'm I'll get to it. <laughs> Now the 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 line that Una fires back at her though is like you've been in Starfleet longer than I've been alive and yet I outrank you and Palea basically had to walk away. I was like, "Ooh, come back to that later. Please tell me more about what happened there." Um I, I like I thought that the whole dynamic between both of them was just amazing. Yeah, I I also um I was excited to watch them kind of investigate the station together and I thought it was um I thought we were going to get some more jump scares on the station cuz it was so like creepy and um and dark and everything but then we get to poor Romano who just gets shoved out like blown out of the ship and I that was maybe the only thing I was like you know I'm a big horror fan but I don't love having to watch like oversaturation of death like I think it could be more creative when you find creative ways to tell me the impact of the death without me having to see the death um and like the long take of watching that poor man's body that was hilarious that was hilarious I was going like Dan Lucas decide it's not only that like it's a VFX shot right oh yeah (laughs) They had to spend money on it. So much money. And they had to spend money. Oh, by the way, we're going to watch him float into space. Like, what was his line? His only line is basically, is this real? Is this real? Ramon, that's my name. Is this real? That's that's only. But he gets the close up cameo VFX. Like, I'm frozen in space. Ah." Hilarious. I mean, the whole frozen in space and the, the dying as you float away, it's a nice shot, right? Like, did we did we really need it? Um, I don't know. I mean, we, we also it. just got it with uh, in Picard when we when we watched. Um, um, oh my What's gosh, guys! Amanda Palmer. Been, Amanda Palmer's character like float yeah. into space and then get shattered into a million pieces. Like we like, love watching people freeze Vince. in space. Vedic. Uh, That's true. Vedic. You're right. Vedic. Vedic, yeah. Uh, but like uh, it, it was also like you know uh, stylistically they did that long shot with like at the very end too. So it, it I feel like it's a directorial you know, to play the long moment, like, you know, so I, I, you know, I get it. I thought, I thought it was, it was a choice. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I thought you would like it, Mariah, but obviously no. I, I mean, like it it just felt a little, it was like two seconds too long. I would have just like cut it just a little bit. Too many notes. You know, it's like, (laughs) I think, you know, Mariah for our panel, I've been going back and watching a lot of Star Trek and, I was watching a lot of the Kelvin verse because I was just enjoying it. And I feel like over the past week, I've seen a lot of bodies blown out into the space, just a lot of bodies. Um, and so for me, it was like, oh, it's another one. Well, like glass shattered and <laughs> people sucked out into space. But like, what's, fu- what's funny is like, you know, like the way that Abrams did that in Star Trek, his fifth Star Trek. It goes like, oh, people love this shot. So every single movie after it has a like, oh, no. It's the the Venger or the vengeance, like you know, shoot pew pew. Oh, now you're now you're flying through uh, the bodies into warp space, you know, or like uh, in three where you know, like uh, they they cut the Enterprise in half. Well, we also got it earlier in this episode when the you know um, oh, yeah, Uhura the is having the, having the dream sequence, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. and we see Spock and Pike pulled out into space, and I'm like, okay, hey guys, we got, got it. it, we got it. <laughs> Vacuum sucked out. I'm, so I'm much with- death. So yes. much death in this episode. 
Um, I wanted to ask y'all what you thought about Pike in this episode. Cause he truly, um, I mean, he was like taking her seriously, which I appreciated. Um, but what do you think about, you know, sort of Kirk and Sam and Ahura coming to this conclusion that it's this like species, you know, it's like, we don't see a lot of like proof proof. Although I was reading up apparently a lot of the like um, science in this episode is true. So shouts to our science advisors on this, on this show um, about how species will like um, communicate, but then also about um, how this particular molecule is absorbed for fuel source as well the um deuterium the bizarre yeah the deuterium so i thought that was really really interesting um but yeah what did you think of pike's reactions to ahura and how he sort of managed his crew in this episode i feel that like i think he's being real soft daddy-ish like you know like he's he's, everyone like you know like i i think i need him to like you know be a little more like dude straighten up Cause he, he, like, if not this one episode is fine, but like throughout the whole the season, he really has just been very nice. He's been more like a manager than a leader in some ways, and I and I feel like I, I kind of want a leader more, a little bit more of a leader in this season in Pike. I I think, it, you know, Paul. I think what we're seeing with Pike is he's preparing his crew for his inevitable demise, right? And so it feels like he's much more of a coach than this author, author, authoritarian um, kind of. That, that is that's that's pretty. I like that. I like that take. That's a good take. That's an inter- It's not something I considered at all. I, and so I think one of the things that I saw when when I was looking at this is I saw the skepticism, mm-hmm. but the willing to go. Okay, I, I got to let you lead because you're going to need to lead someday. Right. And so he was like, are you sure? Like, you're fine. Like, I don't see it. And then he checked with her and he said, are, how sure are you? Like, how confident are you? Like, he was checking and he was like, ah. but that's to me. See, that's the difference between a Picard, a Kirk, a Janeway. Like, I think they would have been like, ultimately, it's my decision. I have to do it. And what he really did was he said, I'm going to let a horror make the decision, but I will carry the responsibility. That to me was more coaching. No, I, I, yeah. I like that. That is an interesting take. And I, I, I can definitely see that, um, Clyde. I think that's a good like analysis of where he's kind of going. And um, so in this episode, we also get him um, upgraded to fleet captain, uh, although they with say little, it's temporary. With, with a little circle in his little badge. A little a little circle there. Yeah. So um, which is, sorry, uh, <laughs> fixing some canon things that I know some people have been kind of complaining about, about how he has to eventually get to fleet captain for when he meets um, Kirk. So I thought that was like an interesting way for them to kind of navigate this. Um, and I thought that, that Kirk and Pike had some interesting, I don't know, I guess I expected maybe more of that, like meeting of the giants kind of feeling to it. And and we didn't really see it, but I kind of, I, I enjoyed what we saw as far as their interactions go, especially because like, we know they didn't have a close relationship canon wise so it's like you kind of have to toe that line of like well bringing like, this character in but then how he interacts like kirk and him had a you know first kirk saved his ass in the alternate timeline right you know yeah, 100%. Uh, and, and and he had a, a, like a conversation with kirk like there should have been some record like like uh laon like you know saw kirk for a little bit almost got murdered by you know hot dog eater uh and uh <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, and she, for those most, listening, Paul just made me almost spit out my coffee. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> and and uh, and at the you know even she like the moment she sees it goes James, you know like but like with with Pike there's no recognition at all, uh, and, and that I felt like I wanted something to I went like oh you're Kirk, uh, I've heard about you really. You know, you know, blah, 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 something like, you know, some some aspect that I thought would be pretty good. Because, like, in the end, like, and someone might correct me, but I think, like, he takes the Enterprise because, like, you know, Pike Pike is part of the reason why. Not just because he, he gets, like, you know, uh, in the accident, but I think, like, there's something about, like... Well, the the um admiral that pike is going to talk to at the end is the i can't remember their name off the top of my head i'll i'll try to find it but um is ultimately the admiral that kirk i think has to talk into letting him take the enterprise mm-hmm. if i'm remembering correctly um i can fact check myself here or someone else in the chat can but um but I, but i think that has more to do with it then and and i think I have to rewatch the some TOS. <laughs> I was like, I, I feel like there's also something with um, Kirk helping Pike maintain his fleet captain um, status even after the accident. I think is something that also happens. If I'm uh, maybe I, to me, I think that's the question, Brian. I mentioned to you this to you this earlier. Is I think the exciting part about seeing you know, James Kirk and Strange New World is that we get this backstory of, well, how did he actually take over the Enterprise, right? There's questions about, like, what exactly made him so such a great choice for um, the Enterprise? Because, like, I don't know that we've ever really seen it. Like, I feel like we've seen some things in the Kelvinverse, but when we talk about the Prime Universe, like, what led up to it? Right. Okay. Um, so we I know. I know. In the, the mirror yeah. universe, uh, like uh, Tiberius, like you know, bad guy Kirk uh, oh. kills Pike. So you know, there you go. Go Tiberius. Well, I mean, in justice for in, Tiberius. In the Terran Empire, that's how you get control of the ship is you yeah. kill the captain. Yep. But but we're talking okay. about I've, Prime Universe. <laughs> yes, and I just uh, I've I figured out how to uh, I found the f- the fact that I looked up earlier. So Admiral uh, Nagura, who um, Pike talks to at the end, is a character that's established in the motion picture and is who Kirk has to convince to let him take command of the Enterprise again. So not the first oh. time. It's when he's oh. like, I need the I need the ship back. Oh, when, when he's so, when he's uh, what's it called? Little... When he's when he's Admiral. When yes. Kirk's Admiral yes. when, when, and fighting V'ger. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So I, uh, one what thing did you th- think th- though? Did you think, go well, ahead. I was going to say the one thing that I had a hard time with, which I didn't believe was when O'Hara goes enough with those stupid cookies. She called those cookies stupid. And I was like, nah, nah, these are not replicated Maybe she's cookies. just not a, she might not be a cookie gal. Maybe she's more of a pie or a cake person. Yeah, but like that's that's cookie disrespect. Who doesn't like cookies? The, the, you know, like <laughs> the, that's cookie disrespect. That you know, like I I am a cake person. <laughs> Justice for cookies. Like I, I'm Justice. a cake person, but but like I I I would choose cake over cookie. But like you know, but like if you're hey, wait, listen, cookies, listen. you you're you're as crazy. Listen. As- 
we need to be inclusive here. Thank you. Okay, Clyde. there is space for cake, for pies, right. for cookies, infinite desserts, and infinite combinations. Right. I'm just saying, no discrimination over sweets. This, this okay? Star Trek, we 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 we, we don't tolerate that. I mean, we if you tolerate. have a replicator, replicate all of the sweets. That's all I'm saying. Uh, okay, so I'm glad we have just divulged fully into a food podcast at this point. It's a substack. We have hot dog chat. We've got dessert hey, corner. <laughs> Mariah, um. we, we walked through the exhibit hall. I picked up the Star Trek cookbook. I can go back and get it. That's we can have true. a whole podcast on recipes from Star Trek. I could do that. I'm not, I mean, we, we can try and get sponsored from the Food Network and everything. We can do this. I think we can. Okay. After the strike, we're pitching our Star Trek cooking, cooking show. Um, what did you think, though? I, I did have to, I felt like I was a little rushed to get to what from the way uh, essentially Sam's like, I think it's some species communicating with you. And then they kind of jump to her putting all the pieces together, which I, I totally see how she can put all those pieces together like that. But I almost wanted some way for them to be like, oh, if we recalibrate the computer like this, we can then scan and find these light. You know, we had no full confirmation of life forms beyond this communication. Right. And I, I think for me, I wanted to see some sort of double confirmation before we blew up a whole space station. But, um, but, but that could just be me. But yeah, I think the point is though, like you know, it was Pike trusting Ahura. If, if if she had evidence, then like Pike makes the choice. But and she does, he doesn't trust Ahura. Like you know, uh, he has to completely trust her because she's the only one who who sees it. And like for example, if Ahura were over uh, overworked and completely what you call it, uh, completely hallucinating, and hallucinating, yeah. it would happen the same way. Except now, like you know. Uh, Pike would have just fired, you know, let Aurora fire on the collector. Like, you know, like, it, like she could seriously still be like schizophrenic, like, you know, and like there's no way to prove it otherwise. Well, I think, I think part of the thing that, that I was expecting, right? Because, you know, we frequently talk about Strange New World is, is the closest trek that we have today that resembles the trek of, of yesterday, right? It feels more episodic, more... This did feel start, very nostalgic trek, but in a good way. Nostalgic right? trek in a good way, yeah. Right, but my expectation in nostalgic trek is that it's an ensemble answer to the problem, right? That you we get a full... The team you up, table. yes. You, you, you want the table talk. Which we did right. kind of get with with the Kirk brothers and Ahura, right? Like we were like, we have to go see Sam. Sam kind of gets the shining moment. He's like, I'm going to publish this paper. The Clyde needs the ready room. He needs the ready yeah. room. <laughs> the, the, he wants well, the full yeah, table. I, mean, <laughs> I, want, I want the table and the discussion. But also to your point, Mariah, I mean, what my what I was expecting is that in in traditional Star Trek form, is that not only do they discover, hey, there's this alien. But Ohora, as the communications expert, finds a way to communicate with them in some form, right? Yeah. So there's this right, acknowledgement a way to communicate of them being back. A, mm -hmm. right. So they can talk and go, you know, and at least be able to say, "Hey, I'm sorry," right? And yeah. we kind of get that with the smiling hemmer, yeah. Right? But but a full, we still got no dialogue, right? Mm -hmm. Again, to your point, Paul, before we blow up the space station. Which I gotta be think I have to think Starfleet Command's gonna be a little not that so happy about that report's right? gonna be long. It's gonna be a long report. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, gonna say, it's gonna say, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And here's the response. 
you know what we think about you being fleet uh, a fleet admiral? Whoops. That's right. Whoops. Uh, that's right. Easy come, easy go. But what was interesting though, like you know, so they're in that edge of space, and like it's great to go into Gorn territory or like whatever, but like. It seems like there'd be other species who would go in and just put the gas station there and not care about these like interspecies alien, like you know the deuterium aliens, right? Yeah, it's like is there is there any record of other people having these symptoms that like Ahura mm-hmm. and and um, Roman did? But um, I wanted to also bring up. I pointed out at some point during the episode when I was watching it, I was like, "Dang, these ensign quarters are maybe nicer than my house." Like, yeah. Just in comparison to like lower decks, I was like, oh, do ensigns not have to hang out in bunk beds on on this enterprise? Like, you know, it's it's what happens when you like, you know, socialize, whatever. (laughs) I mean, maybe it's all ensigns aren't created equal because, I mean, you know, Ahura is a bridge ensign where, you know... um, she was a cadet. Like, let's, let's, she was a Last cadet. Not six months. Yeah, that's right. But she <laughs> was still a bridge cadet. Boimler's not really on the bridge. I mean, that's well, why they got bunk We've seen him pilot the ship. We've seen oh. him pilot the ship. Yeah, but he he's not like badly. But... <laughs> I'm just saying he's not. Boimler's not like a team bridge. I guess crew. they are. Del- like, what are they? Delta shift. Yes. Well, we're not, we're not talking a, about Alpha Shift. We're not, we're remember, not. like Ohora, we saw her Boimler style sleeping quarters in season one, right? With the with the light virus. I mean, yes, and, that's true. And didn't so she got Tilly, upgraded because Tilly, I mean, yeah. Tilly and Burnham shared a shared a room. They were roommates. Yeah, but it, it wasn't bunks, but they were in the same room together. Burnham's for a, a felon, man. She's a felon. <laughs> she was also. Lieutenant Commander at one point, like well, you know, I, I, I don't know, I, I don't know. Like it, it just seems a little rando here. Yeah, I, I hear, I hear you. Like it, it seems, it seems a little nepo babyish. It was just really nice. So I mean, uh, good for her. I hope, I hope she yeah. enjoys it. Um, but you know, who has really good uh, quarters of, and I, I've only seen specs on it. On, uh, yeah, that's right, Clyde. Who, who is it? It's peanut hamper, but <laughs> I've already been peanut hampered today. In a live <laughs> studio audience, so you're not getting me to that. And Nicole, who's not here on the pod, but Nicole was there and saw them peanut hamper me in, on live on stage. Well, I uh, wasn't there. So I wasn't there. <laughs> Give me Paul, five moments. It's, it's, Give me really five only, it's only a surprise the first time, Paul. It's only a surprise <laughs> yeah. the first time. Once a week, baby. Once a week. Yes. Once a week. Um. I wanted to talk about the final bar scene. Um, I was trying to find the name of the song the jazz band was playing. It sounded so familiar. I haven't been able to find it. If anyone knows, um, I will I will try to figure it out and post it on social. Um, but I really loved that little final shot. It was like such a nice little, I don't know, it was a warm and fuzzy moment, I feel like, for fans to see the three, to see Spock and Uhura and Kirk at a table. Um, and I, I, I was like, oh, the handshake just, to launch a thousand ships, you know, (laughs) between Spock and Kirk. Um, But I really enjoyed it. I was surprised we didn't get a little moment with um, La'an at the end in the bar with Kirk, some things situation, but I don't know if they're going to, if they're going to pursue that more than just a side glance, uh, perpetual head romance moment. But what, what did you think about that last scene? I thought the last scene was great. I thought what was really funny was like the whole, like uh, George, uh, George, what you call it? George being messy with his crumbs. 
was set up so that like you know like oh you know George can be and and Spock goes frustrating you know like, yes that, it's just set up for the <laughs> so I th- I thought that was hilarious uh yeah no I think I think it was just fan service so long shot fan service right like hey just you know these guys are gonna be important. And I ate it up. I loved it. <laughs> so I'll say one. Star Trek has some of the best bars ever. Like these are bars I'd be happy to hang out Truly. with. Like I just every time lounges. the lounges on these ships are just phenomenal. So kudos in general. Like I've never really been like, hey, I want to go hang out at a bar guy, but I would hang out at these bars all the time. Like I, I get it. Um, and in that context of hanging out, relaxing a little bit, I thought this was an amazing scene. Because I think inside the Kelvin verse, we've seen how the Spock, Kirk, Uhura dynamic begins. But in the Prime universe, we haven't. We haven't really seen like we were introduced and they're already a team. And this is like the beginning. So it's it's kind of like the I don't want to really call it a meat cute, but it is a, you know, we're all looking. It was like, oh, my goodness, this is how it began. Right. This is how these three who will end up as a critical three, like this is where it started. And so to me, this is a pretty significant, important moment in the Star Trek kind of universe and the, the story, the timeline. This is an important part that I don't know that has been told again in the prime universe ever before. And so that meeting really important. Yeah, and I thought they let it linger um, well and kind of gave it that breathing room. It was a really nice final shot. And uh, to Chupi's point, um, Spock picks up the glass that Sam left <laughs> at the end there. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it, it was sweet. It was nice. I was hope. Um, I guess we will see what develops with Laon and and Kirk as it goes forward. But I thought her interactions with him were fairly believable as far as her sort of like it's like a weird crush that you, but it's like a crush on someone who doesn't exist. So trying to figure out if that person does actually exist. Right. Which is complicated. And I thought, I thought, um, Christina Chong played it really well. I know well, like in the trailer, right? Like in the trailer, uh, for yeah. the season, there's a bit where Una and, uh, like Una and Laan are in the transporter room. Yeah. And Kirk, she's like, you're making me sweat. Yeah. That's right. It goes like, Oh, is there a vibe? It's still vibe. You know, like, okay. so, mm-hmm. so we have, we have that to look forward to. I feel like with Lon, it's it's a lot like having a crush on an actor or actress who plays a character. Like, so you're like, oh right. man, this is I love this, right? And then you meet them, and you're trying to figure out how much of who they are is relative to who I think they are, right? This this character, and I think that's the thing because you know i'll call it mirror jim is was very different right his brother died like he was in a war he appreciated things like it it was a very different and she's trying to figure out how much of his core character is actually true that person that i you know felt attracted to yeah connected to perfect work how much of that is real and i know how to do that too they go to 10 ford or whatever it's called on the enterprise and they order hot dogs there it goes. As PW Gregory says, having a crush on someone that doesn't exist that's every day of the week. <laughs> um, I think that's a lot of people who have fandoms. Um, 
Did you, I, I, uh, we're going to kind of keep it a little tight this evening because we're going to try to make a panel around eight o'clock. We shall see if I can truck it across San, uh, town in that time frame. Uh, best of luck to my feet. But is there anything else that you want to um, dive into on this episode? And we can definitely leave some space, I think, next week to, to talk a little bit more about it as well. Next week is our crossover episode. Very excited about it. Um, so I think we'll have lots to say next week. But Paul, Clyde, anything you wanted to add about I'm this? Good. I, I, I want, I want to, like you know, I want to see you make it to your panel. So, <laughs> we so, shall see. That's right. Warp factor. Warp nine. factor ten. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll just say this. Look, I thought this was a great episode, um, uh, and it wasn't quite what I expected at the start. So I wasn't, I didn't think I was going to love it, but I actually did love it, um, and I like where we're going in in this in the season Uh, and i also thought it was great that we got yet another log from another character um i'm I'm digging this so yeah can't wait till next week agreed cool yeah i love seeing uh, i hope we get more i hope we get more too that isn't just about um trauma i'm ready for some ahura joy i'm ready for some ahura joy in my life so which i feel like we got appreciated that you know, Mariah, when we were doing the panel today, I was amazed at how many people talked about episodes that were fun um, and happy yeah. episodes. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. We, I think in this season, I don't know that we've had a happy episode. Right? Like a silly, fun, kind of campy, goofy episode. And I know it's short. I know we don't have 22 episodes or 23 or anything like that. But I would love a more fun episode. Yeah, I'm ready for like our, um, you know, we had the Elysian Kingdom last season, which was sad at a lot of cores, but was really fun to watch. So, um, you know, we shall see where it goes. Okay, y'all, that is it for the pod this week. More content next week on Thursday at our normal time. Um, We will also be talking about anything else that pops up at Comic-Con. I know Clyde and I are going to put together some little mini-sodes that will drop over. really excited we're really excited um for next week and i think so rumor is that they're gonna drop the crossover episode early i'm sorry a motorcycle literally just pulled up (laughs) it's it's telling me to wrap it up okay now it's gone okay i think they're dropping the episode early so keep an eye on that um on paramount plus okay as always support the writer support sag in their strike you can in our show notes on how to do that. We appreciate them. And none none of the things we talk about can happen without them. Uh, We will see you all next week. Thank you to Karen helping us out on Twitter. We also are back on Instagram. So you can check that out until next time. Y'all live long and prosper. Bye everyone. Bye.